Book 15, The Achaean Armies at Bay Back through jutting stakes and across the trench they fled, and hordes were cut down at the Argives' hands. The rest, only after they reached the chariots, stood fast, blanched with fear, whipped in desperate flight. That moment Zeus awoke on the heights of Ida, stretched out by Hera, queen of the golden throne. He leapt to his feet. He saw the Trojans and Archaeans, one side routed, the other harrying them in panic. Archaeans attacking, and God Poseidon led the way. And Zeus saw Hector sprawled on the battlefield, his comrades kneeling round him as he panted, struggling hard for breath, his senses stunned, vomiting blood. The man who'd struck him down was not the weakest Argive. At the sight of Hector, the father of men and gods, filled with pity now and shooting a terrible, dark glance down at Hera, burst out at her. What a disaster you create! Uncontrollable Hera, you and your treachery! Halting Hector's assault and routing Hector's armies! I wouldn't be surprised, my queen, if you were the first to reap the pernicious whirlwind you have sown! I'll whip you stroke on stroke! Don't you recall the time I strung you in mid-air and slung those two massive anvils down from your feet? and latched both hands with a golden chain you could not break. There, there in the clouds and high, clear sky you dangled, and the mighty gods on steep Olympus raged away, impotent. What could they do to set you free? Standing there, helpless, and any god I caught, I'd seize and send him plunging over the ramparts, head first till he hit the earth, barely alive. Not even then would the stark grief for Heracles release my breaking heart, my own godlike son. You, with the north wind's help, had coaxed the gales to send him scudding over the barren salt sea. You, always plotting miseries for my son, you bore him off to the crowded town of Kos. But there I saved him, whisked him away to safety, back to the stallion land of Argos, worn with torment. I will help you remember, you'll give up your treacheries, you will see if your warm embrace serves you then, your bed of loss where you take me in your arms. Down from the gods you came to waylay me, you seduced me blind. Her eyes wide, Queen Hera shuddered before his thunder, protesting, swearing a flight of winged oaths. Earth be my witness now, the vaulting sky above and the dark cascading waters of the Styx, I swear by the greatest, grimmest oath that binds the happy gods. By your sacred head, by the bed of our own marriage, that I, at least, would never take in vain. Never by will of mine did the god of earthquakes wreak havoc among the Trojan ranks and Hector, and surge to help their foes. It must be his own great rage that drives him on. He pitied the sight of Argives, pinned against their ships. Not I. Why, I'd be the first to counsel him to take your lead, Zeus, wherever you command my king of the black cloud. A rousing appeal, and the father of men and gods looked down and smiled and took command with a flight of winging orders. Excellent, Hera. Now, if in the years to come you will accord with me, my wide-eyed queen, throned with me in the gods' decisive sessions, then Poseidon, bent as he is to go his own way, must change at once and wrench his will to ours, to yours and mine united. So then, Hera, if you mean what you say, down to the last word. Go back now to the deathless tribes of gods, and summon Iris to come before my presence. Summon Apollo too, lord of the famous bow.
Irons will fly to Archaea's bronze-armed troops and direct the god who shakes the earth to stop, to quit the war and return to his own ocean halls. And let Apollo drive Prince Hector back to battle, breathe power back in his lungs, make him forget the pains that rack his heart. Let him whip the Archaeans in headlong panic rout and roll them back once more, tumbling back on the oar-swept ships of Peleus' son Achilles. And he, he will launch his comrade Patroclus into action, and glorious Hector will cut him down with a spear in front of Troy. Once Patroclus has slaughtered whole battalions of strong, young, fighting men, and among them my shining son Sarpedon. But then, in rage for Patroclus, brilliant Achilles will bring Prince Hector down, and then, from that day on, I'll turn the tide of war. Back the fighting goes, no stopping it, ever, all the way till Archean armies seize the beetling heights of Troy through Athena's grand design. But till that hour I will never cease my anger, nor will I permit a single immortal god to save the Argive forces, not till Achilles' prayer has been fulfilled. So I vowed it first. I bowed my head in assent that day the goddess Thetis clutched my knees, begging me to exalt Achilles, scourge of cities. And the white-armed goddess Hera obeyed at once. Clearing Ida's peaks, she soared for sheer Olympus. Quick as a thought goes flashing through a man who's travelled the world, Ah, to be there, or there, as his mind swarms with journeys, fresh desires. So quick in her eager flight flew noble Hera, now in scaling steep Olympus went among the gods, the immortal powers thronging Zeus's halls. They all sprang to their feet at sight of Hera, lifting cups to greet her, crowding round the queen. But she passed the rest and took a cup from Themis, flushed with beauty, who ran to meet her first and hailed her now with winged words of welcome. Hera, what brings you back? You look so harried. Oh, I know it. The son of Cronus has terrified you, your everlasting husband. Please, Themis, the white-armed goddess Hera answered firmly. Don't ask me to go through that ordeal again. You know his rage yourself. So rigid, unrelenting. But you keep on presiding over the gods, Themis. The feasting in the halls. You'll hear it all, and with you all the immortals. What a chain of disasters Zeus brings to light. Nothing to lift all spirits alike, I warn you. Not among men, not among gods. If one's still left to warms to feast, his heart at peace these days. With those bleak words, Queen Hera took her seat. The gods looked grim throughout the halls of Zeus. She smiled with her lips only, her forehead furrowed over her dark brows as her anguish rose and she addressed them all. What fools we are, storming against Zeus. We're mad. And still we engage him, trying to block his way, with a word or show of force. But there he sits, off and away, with never a care or qualm for us claiming that he, among the deathless gods on high, is first in strength and power, none in the world his rival. So each of you here must take what blows he sends. Why, Ares, I gather, has just received his share. His son is dead in battle, his dearest son Ascalaphus. Doesn't invincible Ares claim to be his father? Fighting words, and Ares pounded his sturdy thighs with the flat of both hands and let loose in grief. Now, you gods of Olympus, who could blame me now if I descend on Archaea's ships to avenge my son, my butchered son? 
even if fate would crush me, striking me down with the thunderbolt of Zeus, sprawled in the blood and dust with dead men's corpses. With that, he called his henchmen, rout in terror, to yoke his team as the gods strapped on his shining gear. And now some greater disaster might have come from Zeus, some wrath, some harsher rage to break the gods on high, if Pallas Athena, fearing the worst for all immortals, had not leapt from her throne, bolted through the gates, torn the helmet off his head, the shield from his back, and snatching the brazen spear from his burly grip, propped it against a pillar, and dressed the war god down in all his fury. Maniac, out of your senses, you, you're ruined! What are your ears for, Ares, can't you hear the truth? Your wits are gone, where's your respect for others? Can't you grasp what the white-armed goddess tells us, and she's just returned from Olympian Zeus just now? What's your pleasure, to fill your own cup of pain, then slink back to Olympus, whipped in fuming, forced? You're planting the seeds of endless trouble for us all. You will leave those men in a flash, Achaeans, Trojans, overweening Trojans, and back great Zeus will come to batter us at Olympus, seize one after another, gods guilty and innocent routed all together. So now, I tell you, drop this anger for your son. By now some fighter better than he, a stronger hand has gone down in his own blood, or soon will go. It is no small labor to rescue all mankind, every mother's son. With that sharp warning, Athena seated headlong Ares on his throne, but Queen Hera summoned Apollo from the halls, and Iris too, the messenger of the immortals, and gave them both their winged marching orders. Zeus directs you to Ida with all good speed, but once you arrive and meet great Zeus's glance, do whatever the father drives you on to do. And with that command, Queen Hera strode home and regained her throne, but the two launched out in flight, and reaching Ida with all her springs, mother of flocks, they found the thundering son of Cronus seated high on Gargaron Peak, crowned with a fragrant cloud. Coming before the Lord of Storm and Lightning, the two just stood there, waiting. Nor was his heart displeased to see them both, how fast they'd obeyed his loving wife's commands. And first he issued Iris winging orders. Away, Iris, quick as you can to the Grand Sea Lord Poseidon. Go, give him my message, start to finish and see that every word of it rings exactly so. Command Poseidon to quit the war and slaughter now, go back to the tribes of gods or down to his bright sea, but if he will not obey my orders, if he spurns them, let him beware, heart and soul, for all his power he can never muster the will to stand my onslaught. I claim I am far greater than he in striking force, I am the firstborn too. Yet the spirit inside him never shrinks from claiming to be my equal. Never, though other gods will cringe from me in terror. And Iris, riding the wind, obeyed his orders, swooping down from Ida's peaks to sacred Troy. Like the snow or freezing hail that pelts from clouds when the north wind born in the clear heaven blasts it on. So in an eager rush of speed, the wind-swept Iris flew and stopped beside the famous god of earthquakes, calling out to him. Here is a message for you, god of the sea-blue mane who grips the earth. I speed this word to you from storming Zeus. He commands you to quit the war and slaughter now. Go back to the tribes of gods, or down to your bright sea. 
But if you will not obey his orders, if you spurn them, he threatens to come here in person, fight you down, power against power. Avoid his grasp, he warns. He claims he is far greater than you in striking force. He is the firstborn, too. Yet the spirit inside you never shrinks from claiming to be his equal. Never, though other gods will cringe from him in terror. But the glorious god of Earthquake shook in anger. What outrage! Great as he is, what overweening arrogance! So, force me, will he, to wrench my will to his? I, with the same high honours? Three brothers we are, all sprung from Cronus, all of us brought to birth by Rhea, Zeus and I, Hades the third, lord of the dead beneath the earth. The world was split three ways, each received his realm. When we shook the lots, I drew the sea, my foaming eternal home, and Hades drew the land of the dead, engulfed in haze and night, and Zeus drew the heavens, the clouds, and the high clear sky. But the earth and Olympus heights are common to us all, so I will never live at the beck and call of Zeus. No, at his royal ease, and powerful as he is, let him rest content with his third of the world. Don't let him try to frighten me with his mighty hands. What does he take me for? Some coward out and out? He'd better aim his terrible salvos at his own. All his sons and daughters. He's their father. They have to obey his orders. It's their fate. Iris, quick as the breezes, tried to soothe him. Wait, god of the sea-blue mane who grips the earth. You really want me to take that harsh, unbending answer back to Zeus? No change of heart, not even a little? The hearts of the great, you know, can always change. You know how the Furies always stand by older brothers. The law of the earthquake yielded ground in answer. <sighs> True, Iris, a mortal friend, how right you are. It's a fine thing when a messenger knows what's proper. Ah, but how it galls me. It wounds me to the quick when the father tries to revile me with brute abuse. His equal in rank. Our fated shares of the world the same. Still, this time I will yield, for all my outrage. But I tell you this, and there's anger in my threat. If ever, against my will, and Athena, queen of armies, Hera and Hermes, and the god of fire, Hephaestus, if Zeus ever spares the towering heights of Troy, if he ever refuses to take her walls by force, and give the Argive troops a resounding triumph, let Zeus know this full well. The breach between us both will never heal. A sharp tremor, and the massive god of earthquakes left Archea's lines. Into the surf he dove, and heroes missed him sorely. That very instant, storming Zeus dispatched Apollo. Go, my friend, to the side of Hector, armed in bronze. The god of the quakes, who grips and pounds the earth, has just this moment plunged in his own bright sea, driving away from all my mounting anger. Just think what the gods would have heard if we had come to blows, even those beneath the ground who circle Cronus. Better for me this way, Poseidon too, to yield before my mighty hands. Outraged as he is, not without sweat would we have called it quits. But now, take up in your hands my storm-cloud shield, its dark tassels flying, shake it over the Argives, stampede their heroes in panic, Archer of the sky. 
but make this glorious Hector your main concern. Rouse his breakneck courage till, racing in terror, the Argives reach the fleet and the Hellespont in rout. From that point on, I plan my tactics. Give commands to grant the Argives breathing room in battle. Apollo did not neglect the father's orders. Down from Ida's peaks, he swooped like a hawk, the killer of doves, the fastest thing on wings. He found Prince Hector, the son of wise King Priam, sitting up now, sprawled on the ground no longer, just regaining his strength, just beginning to recognize his comrades round about him. His heavy sweating, his hard breathing stopped the moment the will of storming Zeus revived him. Apollo the archer stood beside him, taunting. Hector, son of Priam, why so far from your troops? Sitting here, half dead, some troubles come your way? Hector struggled for words, his helmet flashing. Who, who are you, my lord? Who of the high gods to probe me face to face? Haven't you heard? I was killing his friends against the ships when the lord of the war cry Ajax struck me down with a boulder square across my chest. He took the fight right out of me, I can tell you. I thought for certain I'd go to join the dead, descend to the house of death this very day. I thought I'd breathe my last. But Lord Apollo, the distant deadly archer, reassured him. Courage! Look what a strong support the son of Cronus speeds from Ida to take your side and shield you. I am Phoebus Apollo, Lord of the Golden Sword, I who saved you before, and along with you your towering city too. So up now, Hector, command your drivers here and all their hundreds to lash their plunging teams at the hollow ships, and I'll surge on ahead, clearing the whole way for the team's assault. I'll bend the Argives back. That breathed tremendous strength in the famous captain, as a stallion full fed of the manger, stalled too long, breaking free of his tether, gallops down the plain, out for his favorite plunge in the river's cool currents, thundering in his pride. His head flung back, his mane streaming over his shoulders, shore and sleek in his glory, knees racing him onto the fields and stallion haunts he loves. Sir Hector hurtled on, his legs driving, his knees pumping, sparing his reinsmen once he heard the gods' command, and the Argives wheeled and gave ground quickly. Think how some dogs and huntsmen off in the wilds rush some antlered stag or skittish mountain goat, but a rocky gorge or shadowed forest gives him shelter. They see it's not their lot to bring that quarry down. Their shouting only flushes a great bearded lion ramping across their path, suddenly charging them, scattering men and packs despite their lust for battle. So up till now the Archaeans kept advancing, close formation, stabbing away with swords and rugged two-edged spears, but once they saw tall Hector attack the ranks again, they wheeled in terror, hearts collapsed at their heels. But Thoas, son of Andremon, spurred them on, Etolia's best by far, skilled with the spear, superb at cut and thrust, and few Archaeans could put him down in debate when the young men vie and struggle over points. Now forth he came with calls to back his comrades. Look, a genuine miracle right before my eyes. Hector's escaped again. He's risen from the dead. And just as each of us hoped with all his heart, he dropped and died at the hands of giant Ajax. But again some god swoops down and saves this Hector. And hasn't he wiped enough of us out already? Now he'll make more slaughter, well I know. He'd never be at the front smashing our lines unless old Thunder Zeus had put him on his feet. So come, friends, do as I say. All take my lead. The rank and file go back, withdraw to the ships, 
but we who claim to be the army's finest champions stand our ground, face him first, try to beat him off. Spears at the ready, for all his fury, trust me, he'll quake before he penetrates our front. Sound tactics. The captains hung on his words and all fell in line. Squads forming around great Ajax, King Adamenius, Teucer, Meriones, and Meges. A match for Ares close to tight for the onset, calling all their best to brace and face Prince Hector and Hector's Trojans. Behind them, rank and fire withdrew to Archaea's ships.